mate, can you hear me? So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Tub Hub. My name is Corey Wharton Malcolm, uh, aka Bit Beefy, and I am your host. Now, if it's the first time that you're listening to this, you're probably wondering what the hell is this podcast about? Well, this podcast is about exploring the word help in all its forms. How many times do we ask for help? Who do we ask for help? How does helping make us feel? And more importantly, does helping have a positive impact on our well-being? Now, because of the state of the world, there is no way in the world that I can have this podcast and not discuss Black Lives Matter. Um, so we are joined by my dear friend, uh, Mr. Manny. Are you there? Yes. Hello, Corey. Awesome, dude. How are you, my friend, on this, on this very strange day? Yes, it's um, it's a very strange time. Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Uh, you know, it's been a time of reflection and, and time to like process things and work out uh, ways to move forward. I think. Awesome. Um, now, before we get into discussing how we can move forward as as a people, um, as as humans. Um, everyone knows, or let me rephrase that. I know who you are, Manny, but I would love for you to tell the world who you are, um, what it is that you do, and I guess how we know each other. Yes, definitely. Um, (laughs) first of all, thanks. Thanks for having me on Corey. Um, the, I think, you know, I, I should start with, uh, I'm a physiotherapist. Uh, a running coach. Um, I am somebody who is passionate about the physiotherapy profession. And um, Corey and I met running um, through through the running community in, in about 2013. Um, I was uh, one of the first people to go to uh, Run Them Crew West and oh. uh, and also Track Mafia. So when Corey, Jenny, and Julia started. Um, Tom and I, uh, Flowers, as most people would know him, um, were one of the first people to, to, to head down there. And um, Corey and I have always had um, a friendship revolving around running and, and working with brands like Nike. Um, and we have, you know, always always helped each other in terms of trying to, to, to push uh, the, and change the narrative of, of, of your average, you know, of your of your runner in the street. So um, we most definitely that. have. If it wasn't yeah, for definitely. you, Manny, I probably wouldn't be walking now. But we'll get to that. We will. Yeah, that was that's <laughs> a story. That is a story. Um, and yeah. So I how long have you been? How long have you been a physiotherapist for? I qualified in twenty twelve. Um, so yeah, good, good eight years. But before that, I did sports therapy and I worked um, in the northwest of England um, for, for Preston North End. I worked there for a year. So um, all together kind of doing, working in sport, trying to help people optimize their bodies and trying to um, get the best from, from their physical state for about nine, nine to ten years. So um, it's been a fun time. Enjoy it. And as a as a a young black man, my friend, um, have you experienced or do you believe 
that the, the racism exists in your industry or do you think there is any kind of racial bias? Because we obviously had uh, another dear friend of mine, Mr. Jameson, and we were discussing the fitness industry amongst like other things, but your area of expertise is obviously physiotherapy. So does that exist in your area? Um, has it been discussed and how have those discussions gone? Um, firstly, I'd like to say I really enjoyed that podcast, you and Harry breaking down the fitness industry. It was really interesting to, 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 to listen to. Um, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to it. <laughs> um, so from my perspective, in physiotherapy, there is um, a definite, um, there's, a, there's a definite problem, there's an institutional problem within the, the, the industry because you don't know what you don't know. I, I think there is an element of um, not understanding the challenges that um, come from being a black man going into certain environments. Um, we've been having discussions about this and I started a Twitter uh, discussion actually on the, um, so it was on the 7th of June. Uh, no, it was actually on the 4th of June, Thursday the 4th of June. Um, and basically I saw that um, American and Canadian um, physical therapy uh, associations were supporting their black students and stating that they understand that there will be problems within their, their, their society in Canada and America. Mm -hmm. And I started asking the question about why this is not happening in the UK, um, because we didn't have a statement from um, the UK Society of Physiotherapists, considering George Floyd died on the 25th of May, um, and it was the 4th of June when I was tweeting about this and asking for um, comments, and I was ignored for about 48 hours. Um, Were you then surprised by that? As in, did you uh, expect I, that, that it would be important? I was shocked because the, the, the CEO um, was actually tweeting about other things. Meanwhile, I was tweeting her directly, So, and I was trying to have an open discussion about, um, you know, and I think my, my thing was I would, I would have preferred that she, she acknowledged the situation and mm -hmm. stated that we're going to look at it as a society rather than completely ignore that because that's what happens in society. Black mm -hmm. men become almost invisible to um, people of authority, I, think, I feel, personally, especially in the physiotherapy industry. Um, and has, and that happened to, has that happened to you, you personally? Um, I obviously don't want you to, to, to talk about specific instances if you don't want to, but do you feel like you're not given, I guess, the same level of opportunity, care, or listening time to being a young black male? Yeah, I mean, this is how invisible black people are to, to a hospital environment. This is an example, okay? So I qualified, been working in the um, department I was working in, and... Um, I was actually working in the same office as, as the person who, um, mis who, who decided to mistake me and she thought <laughs> that I, I was somebody who would, should be cleaning the hospital. So she asked me to pick up a piece of tissue from the floor. Um, that's because her mindset is trying to tell her automatically if she sees a black person, they should be the ones that are cleaning the hospital rather than somebody who actually shares an office with her who is wow. a healthcare professional who's on her team, um, she did not see me in that light. And when she, you know, when she looked at me, um, she, she, she had to check herself and said, 
oh, I'm really sorry. I, I didn't mean that. And she actually ran away. Um, and, you know, that's for me, is, it was quite a powerful thing that happened first year, you know, first 18 months into qualifying. Um, and I've been called the N-word before by patients, um, been oh, asked, wow. not, you know, been told not to, that, that somebody didn't want to receive um, my kind of a professional expertise. Um, so yeah. And why do you think, why do you think, like taking that last example that you gave Manny, why do you think that happens? And this is, this is by no means a defense, so please no one take this as a defense, but the person or people who have said, like, I don't want to be cared by someone such as yourself, is, is, is that from a particular age group or from a particular area, or has it been across the board? Um, I wouldn't say it's happened in the, you know, eight to 10 years, eight to nine years. I wouldn't say it's happened every year, but in the two or three occasions it's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's, it's very much dependent on the geographical location. Uh-huh. And I feel that that's quite an important thing because of, um, I don't think, I think racism is a social construct. So we have to understand that within the region or the area, there might be, a perception of of of, of certain um, groups of people, and I mm-hmm. and, and I think that's really important to understand that um, once we educate and inform, just like you know, if you want to look at people who are educating and inform, like the Trap Mafia page, and lots there's lots happening now on social media. Once we educate and inform each other, I think things I'm I'm hopeful, you know, things will continue to keep changing. Um, but I, no. I think it's a, I think it's definitely something that somebody has thought this is my mind and this is the process and this is the way I've always been taught, mm-hmm. and they think that's that's right. But what you you can win these people over and you can change things. And um, I don't like that phrase. That. I'm really really sorry. I don't like that phrase. Win these people over. <laughs> I really I really don't like the yeah. phrase. Win people over. Like we shouldn't have to, to, to win people over. We shouldn't have to, <laughs> to be like, I'm okay. Yeah. As, yeah. Like that's one of the, the narratives that people have been following for quite some time. And it mm. was mentioned to me the other day, I have a plot, a plot. I have a platform to, to say things that people whose voices may not have been heard before wouldn't be able to say. And like, it was a really interesting discussion. And it was, I guess, I wouldn't say it was eye opening for me, but it it definitely drew attention to, I guess, the responsibility that many of us have as not just uh, black people, not just people of color, but but humans full stop to to get this, this idea out of people's head that, I know this is not how you meant it, but it will be perceived like, we have to do something to, to let everyone know that we should be accepted, that we should be okay. Mm. When yeah. like people from, from different backgrounds, um, they, don't, they don't have to do that, I'm okay kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now, in, um, sorry, go on, dude. So from, from, you know, in terms of talking about platforms, I felt it was important, um, you know, from what you're saying, it's, you know, it's important that we do provide that that kind of um, ability for people to speak so when I was talking on Twitter uh, when I did start when I started the Twitter um, 
discussions, a lot of young black physiotherapists actually started talking and they felt like they could in this mm -hmm. open environment. Um, and it was really shocking for people to see, including people from the Society of Physiotherapists, that actually people weren't, people weren't going to the society. They didn't yeah. have any trust or faith in the society. They were using the platform and what I was discussing to, to, um, you know, to voice their concerns and to tell people about their lived experience. And I've had emails and Twitter DMs of people who are saying that actually my experiences as a physiotherapist has been, have been awful. Like all the microaggressions, all the, you know, all the, all the statements, all the indirect, um, you know, questioning of, who, who they are and having to prove themselves as you have rightly stated <laughs> just you know made them ground them down and made them feel really 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 kind of um at a loss with with, with trying to get further within the profession um, and things like you know the amount of man black physiotherapy managers within the nhs uh, the amount of black physiotherapists within professional sport uh, for instance in the you know in certain sports, I have never seen a black physiotherapist like go onto the pitch or or anything like that. So you know, there's I feel there's a there's a big big gap and a big problem with diversity within um, physiotherapy as a healthcare professional. And how do you think? Uh, I guess how do you think that can change? And what are you doing, whether it's personally or professionally, to to try and like bridge that gap as in like what are you doing to to, to help this because i know you're doing a lot yeah so for, for me it's it's there's there's multiple i think there's multiple layers to this um i, I feel i feel more strongly about a top-down approach and mm -hmm. like affirm, affirmative action so when i say that um it, it's it, it's about opening and carving out positions for people to be in a place where they can make a systematic decision rather than mm. decisions on a low profile. So I have asked for counselors, one counselor within the Society of Physiotherapists to be from a black and ethnic minority background. So mm. I've asked for that. I've asked for um, the NHS and I'm trying to get some figures to start reflecting at management, black and ethnic minority positions. So, um this is something that they have been thinking and trying to do since 2017. So there's the uh, race and equality um, service, which is an NHS service, which try and do that. But mm -hmm. I'm pushing for there to be a definite position. So we need to create actual positions that reflect our population. Yep. Um, I have been asked to do a column in the Society magazine for physiotherapists. And <laughs> yeah, big things. But my theory is that we need legacy. So I can do one column, but that's not a longevity. That's not, that's not systematic change. So and then how do we column. make, uh, go on, let me show Yeah, up. so this is it. So I've asked for a column to be in the magazine forever for black and ethnic minority groups, because that's how we change the legacy of the profession. Because what we want to do is we want people to look at the magazine and say, Will I know one of my colleagues from a black and ethnic minority in the magazine? Can I lift them up? No matter who you are, no matter if you're black, white, wherever you're from, you need to be able to say, actually, one of my colleagues is going to be in that. And the way we do that is create space and a position for people to have a 
an outlet and a platform just like you and I have, you know, working with the different brands and trying to push through the narrative of, of running. It's the same with physiotherapy. We need to push through the narrative by giving people a place to show and showcase themselves. And that's my now opinion. for people now for people who are listening to this who don't fully understand um well before we spoke about this i didn't fully understand it so when you say carve out a space you're not talking about just grabbing a, a random black person and be like oh, okay here you go here's a job like yeah. what needs what like what needs to to be done like do there need to be different ways of unearthing talent um like do you need to go on a road show to all of the schools and universities and say i'm a black man i'm successful i'm a physio and you can be one too, even though the narrative for the past couple of years hasn't necessarily shown like progress of people such as myself. Um, like yeah. what what needs to be to be done from as in to create the systematic change, yet we can carve out these opportunities or these experiences. But I guess what I'm asking, which I already know the answer to, is do these incredibly talented like pool of, of, of young black and people of color uh, physiotherapists, do they already exist? Are they being ignored? As in, say, if a space opened up tomorrow morning, like, could someone jump in that? Or do we need That's my time to train people? That's my argument. I, I feel there's a population of physiotherapists that actually we need to put them on, on um, we, need to, we need to get them into a position where they are being fast-tracked. So um, here's, a, here's an example. My sister works for a banking group, um, mm-hmm. and she has been fast-tracked on a senior female leadership program for the last 18 months. Mm-hmm. And that's Absolutely. the types of things we need to do because it's, I mean, there's consultant physiotherapists who are from black and ethnic minorities. And when you're mm-hmm. a consultant physiotherapist, you've got this power to discuss with surgeons and push mm-hmm. doctors in terms of your like intellect. And, and we know there are people, there may be four or five of them in the UK, but we know mm-hmm. there are people who are high caliber now, mm-hmm. can we put them in the positions in the next six months? That, to me, is called affirmative action. I think that's important. I think we need to create a way that we do something now. I think mm-hmm. going to schools is a legacy, and, and that's going to be a 10-year change rather than something that's immediate. I feel we're having really big and uh, insightful and strong conversations now, but we're not having really big and insightful policy changes. That's yep. my theory. You know, you can, you can talk about how does that make you feel? You know, what, what happened? Talk to me about your life experience. That's great. That's, that's, that's brilliant. But what, what are you changing right now? In the next three months, are you going to write a report? You know, I've asked for a report to be written about the minority groups within physiotherapy. How many of us are there? How many get to a certain point and leave the NHS because they don't, you know, they may not feel that they want to, they can progress. I've asked for a report in terms of how many at university, because if you can get that data and you can look at that information now, that gives you an insight into what's going to happen in five years' time. So it tells you if you are making a change or not. So why doesn't that regularly. exist? Why doesn't that exist already, man? I think looking at things like reports and data are actually quite painful for some of these organisations because what that does is it actually out, it, it, it puts everything out in the open. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that's it's a difficult thing because now you've got people who are looking at the profession and saying I, I definitely felt it was wrong and I, I felt you know some unease in my working environments but now I can see it now it's not just my thoughts it's 
in black and white. And I think, I think for me, that's, it's a difficult thing. And I've asked for the Society of Physiotherapists to come with that report um, and I haven't heard anything back. So I feel like there is, there, there is, there is hesitancy, there's, there's fear. It's an uncomfortable situation for both sides. Like this is not, this is not easy for, for me to talk to, to so, so openly to, to some people about, but I think it's necessary. And that's the crazy thing, dude. Like, I, I, I was on a couple of calls. I even recorded another podcast, or should I say, I was on somebody else's podcast yesterday. And, like, I went in. And when I say I went in, in the, yeah. polite, <laughs> in the polite, nice way. But yeah. I was like, this is the first time in 41 years. I think I'm 41. Yeah. This is the first yeah. time in 41 years where I've been openly able to talk about what I go through on a day-to-day yeah. basis. Like, yeah. this is the first time outside of our, our little WhatsApp groups that we have with our, with our other black friends or our family members. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is the first time that we've openly been able to talk as a collective and say, yeah. this is what we experience on a day-to-day basis, just yeah. in case you didn't know. Yeah. And from and, that, and, this... And the, and, and the thing about that is that's crazy yes dude it's insane but at the same time like so empowering because things yeah. that that previously you wouldn't pull or things that previously you'd be like you don't you don't even get it so i'm just gonna yeah. leave you yeah. like now we're able to have those conversations especially with i guess empathetic intelligent people and yeah. i think that's the only way in, in 2020, we, we can start to grow and, and the growth has started because just from these past couple of weeks, I know I stand up a little bit straighter. Like my back yeah. is, is wider, yeah. my chest is broader, yeah. my shoulders are higher. And yeah. like what would be really interesting is if we weren't all locked in our house right now, as in, yeah. like I know people are going on protests and I know people are marching, but like if we were, in offices right now instead of like zoom calls and text messages and whatsapp like would this situation be different as in yeah would things move faster would we have even got to this point anyway Um, yeah like i'd love to have that discussion what do you think i think it would be uh very much yeah i think it'd be an accelerated process definitely (laughs) i think I think face-to-face conversations are different to WhatsApps and, and, yeah. and I completely agree. Uh, how can I word this? The times that, that people have kind of pooped on your dreams or your beliefs, from a mental perspective, has that had a knock-on effect on, I guess, how you, how you deal with your, your dreams? Yeah, like you have mental opposition. So you have to be careful about what you talk about and where you talk about it because you know if you say something, People are going to say, you can't do that. People tell you you can't do something because they can't do it. Most recently, I wanted to do a course at King's and about eight of my colleagues told me I couldn't do the course. <laughs> and, like, and what did you tell them? Did you just get them the black fist and be like, safe, I'll see you when I've finished? To be honest, like, I was, um, I think I was more, I was more of like, it was a new, it was a new place where I was working and I thought, let's just, not rock the boat you know mm-hmm. let's not create friction or tension because 
there's an element of being a black man and having to, you know, as that host on the radio station said, you know, you're having to like think about yeah. all your movements and behavior because you don't want to show somebody that, you know, you want to make them feel comfortable. Everything's about like, yeah, I need to be, I need to be as, as, as almost like as, as quiet as possible so I don't cause, so you get accepted. That was yeah. what he said. Now a black man going into that environment, it can feel actually quite, it can feel actually quite daunting. Like mm. you don't want to say anything because people, you don't want to upset people. You, you want to be able to progress in your career. You want to be able to um, make it, you know, create a position for, 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 for others. You want to be, you know, you want that socioeconomic stability. You want to develop all those things. Now, you've spoken about who you've helped. Um, now, let's talk about, has anyone ever helped you? We actually spoke to, to a couple of people and many, I guess, people from a work perspective have said that one of the, the only, obviously they're skilled and they've worked their, their butts off, but without having a ally within the company who can speak on their behalf, they found it quite hard to, to progress in their company, in their environment. So what I'm asking you is, during your career, have you had allies? Yeah, I think I wouldn't be where I am today if I hadn't. And, and that's important for me to, to, to acknowledge and recognize. Um, I'm working with one of my first educators at the moment. His name is Charlie. Hopefully he'll be listening. Um, uh, he was- he <laughs> got was, Charlie, not Charlie Dark. Nah, not Charlie Dark. This this guy Charlie was like, he would just like it was strange because I I I I hadn't never had that before. I never had this kind of relationship with an educator before. He'd just be like, okay, cool, yeah, go and do it. And I'll be like, what? Sorry? Like yeah, yeah, just like you know, I know I know you know what you're doing. And I'll be like, okay. <laughs> like literally gave me independence. Um, and then recently, definitely somebody called Tim, I'll send him this, you know, I think he will listen to this podcast, but he's been instrumental in where I work at the moment. He's um, very much, uh, you know, he, he's an ally, like true ally. And he's, he's definitely somebody who you can, you know, we both know his partner um, and yeah, he's somebody you can look for. He just, he really does um, understand um, where you're coming from and, and I think also, like, it doesn't, it's not always maybe sometimes people um, at management level. Um, yes, so I started exactly. The culture, I started the Cultural Health Club, which is a mentoring 10 physios from black and ethnic minorities. Mm-hmm. And I started with two people in particular, Daniel and Abia. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm actually mentoring them. They've, they've reverse mentored me because they've made me think about decisions I make, my thought processes, just general things about you know, to change the, the landscape of this profession. I mm. need their input. Yes. I need, I need to know what they think and to change my perception of the world and how, you know, I can go into these meetings with the society and, and the things I think about, I have to think about them because they give me, they give me the ideas of, okay, like the magazine, the column, like, I wouldn't have had that idea if I didn't think actually they should be in it. You know, 
they should they should be having the voice. Like, you know, you call me a young man, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not a young man. <laughs> Dude, they're, we're all we are all young men. <laughs> there for me it's like I I'm I'm the enabler. Like they should be standing on my shoulders. That's the way I see it. Um like I feel like it's their time to shine and and um I can I can do a little bit. I can I can be in the magazine if you want, but they're gonna be <laughs> in the workplace for 20, 30, 40 years, you know, and I feel that if they have a good impact now, if they can set the right tone now, that will definitely change things. Um and yes, I wanna be at managerial level at at you know, at the highest at the highest place within healthcare and and or sport. And I think that's that's something I'm aiming towards. But I definitely think that having those people both at managerial level who can be allies, but also both at also at kind of like the developmental level, because mentoring isn't just about the people who are being mentored. I think the mentors also develop in those situations. That Manny is spot on. How does this like how does this how does all this doing good helping others like how does that impact your your well-being like does that take you to a, a good space a happy place or does it not uh, to be honest it's, it, it can be really difficult like uh, <laughs> I think the last two weeks receiving the messages from people around the world like somebody messaged me from Canada about the racist abuse they'd gotten somebody from the north of England um, that can be quite difficult reading because you think that we've developed and things have progressed but when you read some of the comments and the, the experiences um, and trying to help in these situations it does make you think we've got a long way to go um, but there are some really good results that come out of it I think um, the black and ethnic minority physio network at the moment are going through quite a like an awakening and there are a lot of people kind of talking and there's a lot of processes and conversations happening so for me that's good yeah I feel like that that's a really good thing and I feel I feel yeah I feel uplifted I feel like there's awesome. there's a positive process happening um you know there's an African proverb that says from Kabale which is my mum's town it says the hand that does that the hand that, that does not give cannot receive um and I think that's something that is, is like etched into my mind recently from, from having conversations with my mother. She's, she's an amazing woman. And how, how is your beloved mother? She's, she's good. She's been shielding for the last, obviously, like 12 weeks. She's not been allowed to leave the house. But, you know, it's been, it's been a case of she's now got into a rhythm, got into a routine, doing a daily, daily exercise. She's got a little kind of physio prescribed routine which we've been working on ironing out so she's she's getting her work in getting her exercise in and, uh, i know you've been waking your mum up at two o'clock in the morning and slipping her out of the house <laughs> yeah we've been going for those those little workouts like boxes <laughs> late like early morning late night <laughs> she's yes. been like jogging jogging in the suit <laughs> yeah she's been good She's been good. She's 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 um she's very much more comfortable now with the routine. It's been taking taking some time to acclimatize, but yeah, she's getting there. Wicked. Now, before we we go and end this this beautiful debate, Manny, 
um, or discussion or or sharing. Uh, is there yeah. is there anything else um, that you would like to to tell our listeners? And then after that, tell people where they can find out more about you. Like, what's your Instagram? What's your website? Well, they can find your website from your Instagram. But what's your yeah, what's your Instagram? Yeah. Like, what's the podcast name? Yeah. yeah. Cool. So, um, from my perspective, I think what we need to do is really read around like deep-rooted institutional um, problems because they give us an idea of why how we've got here. So, I think the current climate is giving us a chance to look back on our heritage from both sides, and that's important. Um, and understanding um, the the steps that have got us to this point because I think. It's not just the last five years, the last 10 years. You know, I think even if you go look, look back at something called like the Mangrove Nine, um, that's really important historically. History. From my perspective, it's, it's, it's a personal thing that from West, being from West London, it gives you insight into what people have, have had to go through. And it's a really poignant thing in London that happened. Um, and once we start to really dig deep, into into history then we can understand the cascade effect that's got us to where we are um but in saying that it gives us a chance to work together like the people who i've spoken to recently who you know i work on a program um, a youth program at the somerville youth center in peckham and people have been reaching out you know they want to work together to, to help the young people the program is about employability so if you are out there and you want to do something good you know i think Use your time rather than your money. Use your time, use your connections to give people from black and ethnic minority groups access. Access is important. Information, being able to get to a point where you can apply for a position, get access to resources, build yourself up. There's that saying, you know, give a man a fish, you can eat for a day. Give a man a, a net. I think that's more. That's where we need to be getting towards and taking action in that respect. So um, my Instagram is Manny underscore O, and you can get to my website through my Instagram. And I also have a podcast called the Running Lifestyle Culture Podcast, which you can get through to on my website. Corey has been on that podcast. Which yes, is, I have. Corey for jumping on. Um, but what I want to say is, leave you guys with is action. Yeah, we need to make active changes within our systems and that that comes from deep kind of it, it's, it's it's deep action which gives people tools so that when you leave that person has the access they have the skills they have the ability to to lift themselves up that's my opinion awesome Manny, thank you very much for joining me um stay woke Stay blessed, my brother. <laughs> Thanks, Ladies brother. and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you for coming. Ladies and gentlemen, you have been tuned into what I believe is going to be episode four of the Tub Hub. Final thoughts coming up. Final thoughts. Here we have it, ladies and gents. This is episode number four, and we have just spoken to Manny. Now, I'm not surprised 
by what is happening in in Manny's industry as it's no different to any other industry. But what I am quite surprised by is that in a situation like this when I guess all eyes are on you, you still don't really get it. And that's the confusing part. That's the concerning part. The concerning part is that even with the spotlight on you, you don't care. And that, for me, if that is the case, is a problem. What do you think? Final thought.